Welcome to the final chapter of The Ultraviolet Catastrophe, a five-part miniseries brought to you by Standing Stones and Hearthside Enclave. Uh, today we're playing Karma, a game about consequences by Frenzy Kitty Games. Uh, I'm August. You can find me for the time being on Twitter at HarpyDora or on Tumblr, losing my goddamn mind about Minecraft uh, at Strange Harpy. Uh, playing with me today, we have uh, Danielle. Hi, I'm Danielle. I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at RedtailTalk90. We also have Dirk. Hello, I'm Dirk. You, uh, I use they, fey, and he pronouns. And you can find me on Hope's Hearth and on uh, PF Diva and various places I exist. We have Jade. What up? It's me, Jade. You're, well, I'm not a boy or a girl or anything particular, but I'm on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose and I use they, them pronouns. And as always in the anchor position, we have Shrog. What up? This is your boy. It's Shrog. I use he and pronouns. Uh, you can find me on the internet if you want to. Fair and valid. Uh, our lines, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, plagues and pandemics, and alcohol abuse. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but will just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. With all that out of the way, let's get started. Uh, so Karma uh, is a really great game um, let me scroll back up in the document um, uh, basically um, you start out by picking a playset where you answer some world building questions, you create your characters, uh, which also have some, some playset related questions to them. And you, uh, play out scenes and the scenes, uh, allow for complications to be introduced by people who aren't in the scene. And you can, role to determine the outcome of the complication and you can affect that role using a quote-unquote karma die which you can use to either influence it positively or negatively and depending on how the the karma dice get used will determine the amount of dice you roll and of what type you roll at the end to determine the uh, final outcome for your character so um the playset that we have chosen is uh, Paradise, and the blurb for Paradise is Stranded, Isolated, Desperate. None of you can remember exactly how long it has been since the plane came down, but it feels like you're never going to get off this island. This is a bad situation, and the weather and dwindling supplies are make aren't making it any easier. Something needs to change soon, or we'll all we're all dead. So, uh, why don't we take turns reading the answers, reading the world building questions and reading our answers to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll start off 
uh, what caused the plane to go down? Is it understood or strange? And uh, our answer is an electrical storm of some sort caused the crash. Uh, describe the island. How big is it? What does it look like? Uh, there are black sandy beaches all around. You can lap the circumference of the island in a day. Crossing it is much more difficult due to terrain. I'm going to say it's rocky terrain. Um, and the interior of the island is dense, thorny foliage. How long have you been here? Most have stopped counting, but Talonor's day stick has over 50 notches. Who is seen as a leader among the survivors? For a short while, everyone looked to Vivian as the one who might have had the training to help, but it quickly became clear that they didn't have any more of a real plan than anyone else. Anyone else with the energy left to come up with an idea? Sure, they can be the leader for whatever that matters to them. Describe how the weather is causing problems. It's incredibly hot and humid, and it doesn't rain much. What supplies there are surplus of? What supplies there are shortage of? Uh, plenty of food, very little fresh water. Uh, there is a spring with good clean water, but getting to it is tricky and transporting it in any decent quantity is difficult. Is anyone responsible for hunting or foraging? Ow, motherfucker, that hurt. Um, these are rotating duties. Uh... I'm glad the captions actually did motherfucker right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. A plus. <laughs> uh, these are rotating duties. Uh, whether they get completed to anyone's satisfaction is a thing of contention. Uh, what dangers lurk on the island? Extremely poisonous snakes, as well as volcanic and seismic activity. Uh, it doesn't look like we have an eruption anytime soon, but there are geysers, there's unstable terrain, uh, and uh, earthquakes as well. Um, where'd it go? Uh, everyone, uh, is everyone aware of these? Uh, yes, we learned about them fairly early on, uh, all the various issues during early attempts to scout the island for resources. Uh, in terms of describing our camp, uh, we have repurposed parts of the plane uh, and or the fuselage. Uh, we've made some surprisingly sturdy huts out of palmetto fronds, and we have a well-dug-out fire pit surrounded by scavenged-up seating. Uh, there's one question, if you're familiar with the uh, playset that we're skipping, because it can skirt a little close to anti-Indigenous sentiment. Uh, so the next question that we have is... Uh, what is currently preventing your rescue? Um, electrical storms are stopping us from getting any sort of radio signal out, and while we can't say for sure, it's probably why we've not seen any boats or planes in the area. A uh, very large barrier reef and breaking waves make swimming slash boating out there dangerous. How many rescue efforts have been made thus far? There have been five failed escape attempts and two rescue operations that we know of that passed us by. In all cases, we couldn't get past the barrier reef and communication was impossible. The rescuers have moved past our location now in their sweep of the area and may, may have given up completely. Are there any other survivors who, 
Uh, there's one other survivor. It is Chiazai, Talonor's husband. Yeah. Uh, we chatted a little bit because I just want to like there were probably other survivors of the crash. Um, not anymore. <laughs> you know, we've been here a while. <laughs> Shit's fucked. Um, but there were people who survived the crash to then fall victim to parts of the uh, dangers of the island or injuries or during the escape attempts. Mm -hmm. So. Because now we're just down to six people. <laughs> so. Shit is well and truly fucked. Thank you, Pacbat. Yes, you are quite <laughs> a succinct summary of events. <laughs> oh. um, now that we've got our world building out of the way, uh, let's discuss our characters. I think, you know, by now, um, you know who we're playing. Um, but we've done a little character building for this particular setting. Um, let's go ahead and go through, uh, up to our relationships and then we'll take turns answering the questions mm -hmm. instead of everybody answering the questions. Yeah. Uh, part of their intro. So, um, I'll be playing uh, Marius Favors, uses they, them pronouns. Uh, the role from the playset that uh, they occupy is a reality TV star. This is, uh, if you are familiar with Follow the Leader, this is the Marius who uh, helps run the popular YouTube series What the Ghost. Um, so, Ghost Hunter Marius. Uh, they are a short and willowy person with long dark hair that they keep in a braid that is looking messier and messier these days. And their once pale skin is red and peeling due to being unused to this amount of sunlight. Um, their virtue is measured. Their vice is selfish. Uh, their relationships with the other, uh, the other player characters with Talonor, uh, it is one of resentment. With Rebel, they're indifferent. With Fee, they're friendly. And with Vivian, it is mutually, question mark, <laughs> beneficial. Uh, I am playing Talonor Jezrin, he, they. Uh, he is a traveling businessman. Um, he's broad and kind of rugged, has a bit of stubble, but makes a point to shave every day. Uh, his hair is longer significantly than we've seen previously in other iterations. Uh, showcasing a bit of natural curl and frizziness, he keeps it up in a bun. Uh, he has hearing aids, but they have broken. Um, uh, very much the image of the kind of crunchy businessman who does free climbing on weekends and takes a satellite phone camping. Uh his virtue is courageous. His vice is rash. Uh, his relationship with Marius is dismissive. Relationship with Rebel is indifferent. Relationship with Fee is resentful. And with Vivian, competitive. 
As usual, I am playing Rebel Vanguard, Zazem pronouns. Uh, the role I have picked for Rebel is musician. And because of who I am as a person, I've decided that Rebel is a soundboard musician, uh, sort of a YouTube uh, thing, but not uh, basically. Uh, they are a musician, and uh, their primary instrument is a soundboard. I have a specific artist I'm thinking of, but I cannot remember that person's name for the heckin' life of me. Um, Rebel's description is Mask of Center Pacific Islander with curly dyed hair. Uh, it's uh, blue and purple, as per usual, uh, muscular and solid, and just so many piercings. <laughs> Uh, their virtue is generous. Their vice is cowardly. Uh, their relationships with Marius is support. With Fee is respect. With Vivian is authority. And with Talonor is resentment. So once again, I am playing Delphine O'Reilly, uh, who goes by Fee. This time around, I almost rolled past my part of the document. Hmm. Um, from the place that they are traveling for business, uh, in this instance, they are uh, what they do a lot of consulting uh, for TV and movies, which is how they can afford to fly inexpensive plane trips. Um, but they're a scientist. Um, I am purposely keeping that vague. A description: They're tall and lean. Still managing to do, they're doing a better job of avoiding sun than Marius, but they do have distinctly more freckles uh, than we've seen before. The same big grey green eyes and increasingly faded indigo bangs. Um, so their dress sense is punk meets business casual. Uh, given the clothes that they've managed to recover, it might be leaning slightly more business casual, but then everything gets ripped. So we're right back to punk. Um, their virtue is humble. Their vice is lazy. Their relationships, uh, Marius is respect because they're what the ghost fan, okay? Uh, with Talonor is fear. With Rebel is resentment slash frustration. Uh, and with Vivian, it is friendly. All right. I'm playing Vivian Blackthorn. They then pronouns, you know them, you love them. Uh, <laughs> their role is the steward. Um, they are feminine masquee, um, tall, muscular, very, very pretty. Uh, maybe a little, you know, less so just from being disheveled um, in not the fun way either. Uh, still has long red hair. Um, their virtue is attentive. Uh, their vice is self-righteous. Their relationships with Marius uh, is support because someone has to uh, with Talonor is resentment, but Oh boy, is that about to get complicated uh, with rebel is untrusting and with fee is friendly. All right. Um, so we each, we have a list of questions that uh, our characters each have to answer. Uh, so starting at the top, uh, why do you think the plane went down? And uh, Marius's answer is 
There are too many factors to name just one possibility. Everything from the pilot, the computer, or something mechanical could have failed, and I do not possess the appropriate education to say which. Uh, the pilots were incompetent. He's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, because somebody in the cockpit fucked up big time. You keep clicking away. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, probably something affected the plane systems. Navigation first, then something with the engines. Uh, Vivian has an explanation ready for anyone who asks and won't admit it, but uh, thinks somehow it just doesn't quite add up. Right. How do you feel about being one of the few survivors? Uh, Marius says, I'm glad to be alive. I just hope I stay that way until help arrives. Nothing could have prepared uh, me for the vast swathes of complete boredom. Sometimes I think I'd rather be dead. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I love this version of Talonor so much. <laughs> He sucks. He's a dick. I know. <laughs> um, uh, the way Rebel feels about being one of the few survivors is weird and confused and a little guilty. Fee feels torn and will not elaborate beyond that. Uh, Vivian will have time to feel guilty once they know that we've really survived. Uh, who do you trust the most? And for Marius, uh, that is Fee. Uh, Vivian, because they're the most competent of the other people here. Uh, Rebel trusts Marius most. They don't think about what they say, but they mean well. Uh, probably Vivian, uh, because they at least don't put off vibes I can't figure out. Similarly, Vivian trusts Fee. They're predictable, and I don't think they're hiding anything. Uh, who do you think isn't doing enough around the camp? Uh, Marius says, I'm well enough aware that a folklore degree and a ghost hunting show are not conducive to surviving in the wilderness. There's no need to rub it in. Uh once again, Vivian, not because they aren't doing anything, but because I know they've been holding back recently. Uh, Rebel's answer is definitely me. For Faye, it's, I'd say me, but then again, Marius. Like, I get it, they have big indoor cat energy, but they aren't the only person here out of their comfort zone. Uh... Vivian's response is, well, so far, who is doing enough? Damn. Damn. What is waiting for you when you go home? Uh, for Marius, uh, that is Kari and Annabelle, Davy and Theo, the show for what it's worth now. Assuming the business hasn't gone under without me, a multi-million dollar company and a hot shower. 
A cold shower, a dozen missed videos and gigs, a fresh inhaler, and food that doesn't have sand in it. Grant, applica grant applications and my succulents. Friends I drifted away from when I took this job. The dread of choosing to either leave that job or face this trauma every day. Wow. Poor Vivian. Uh, do you want to go back home? And for Marius, that is more than anything. God, yes. Not really, but the beds here suck. I sure as hell don't want to be here anymore. Please, God, yes. <laughs> uh, and rounding out the uh, character questions, do you have any hope that rescue will come? And uh, my hope wanes with each passing day. No, we're getting out of here on our own power or not at all. Of course it will. Someone's going to get us off here, right? I'll let you know if I manage to muster some. Uh, Vivian's response is, of course, uh, and crossed out next to that is, because who knows what the others would do if I didn't. All right. These guys so, are so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> Entirely. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't think you know, going through a traumatic, disastrous event like this is going to bring out the best in everybody, you know? It's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's it a lot. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. Okay, we're going to um, do our intro scenes in a moment, but um, I know it got mentioned a little bit in the chat, uh, but for anyone who's maybe just listening to this, uh, this is a much more mundane version of these characters or the world. Uh, ignoring the fact that this is the universe where What the Ghost happens, and we do know that What the Ghost has met actual ghosts for the most part, especially compared to, like, space magic and mermaids. This is definitely much more a place... And and the world that we would maybe recognize. Um, and to that end, I want to clarify, because I don't know if it's going to be something that actually just gets said outright. Uh, this version of Fee is not telepathic. I'm sure this will not cause any problems at all <laughs> when four other sets of memories dump into the head at once. Oh boy, it's just going to be a fun time around for everyone. Oh yeah, you know. Um, so now that uh, we've done all the setup, um, I just want to read a little bit from the karma play, uh, the the karma book. Uh, at its heart, karma is a game of collaborative storytelling. Um, all the players have an opportunity to direct. Well, we, as written, it's five scenes, but I've never met a karma game that didn't run long. So we're we're doing uh, three scenes in addition to an opening scene and a finale. Uh, 
the opening scene and finale are slightly different to regular scenes. Uh, on our turn, uh, we frame a scene by describing who and what is involved and then play it out. Uh, explain what the scene looks like, where and when it takes place, and who is there with your character. Uh, your scenes should aim to progress the group's story and or your character's story. Um, as... Uh, Sorry, I lost my place in the document. Um, during the scene, uh, one of the other players can interrupt the flow of the scene to introduce a complication. Uh, there are small plot twists uh, and unexpected turns in the story, and they require a dice roll. Um, when you add a complication to a scene, you describe what happens. Then together with the active player, uh, you determine the positive and negative outcomes of a successful and unsuccessful complication roll. Um, and, um, we also frame opening scenes, which don't have complication roles and the finale will deal with that when we get there. So, uh, the first thing that we want to do is, uh, do our opening scenes. And we discussed in the chat, uh, that the opening scenes would probably be best served having uh, our the 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 karma characters how they got to where they are now. Mm -hmm. uh, so why don't we shake this up because? We can, and uh, <laughs> let's go in reverse alphabetical order for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so, if we're going, like, flashback style, um, I'm going to go back to Vivian at the airport uh, where they work, getting to the doomed flight, um, passing by a, a gate agent, uh, this very um, tired-looking, incredibly average man, um, just gives a little nod. Hey, Viv. Uh, hey, Dave. Um, then Dave calls up on the, uh, the intercom as he's working the desk at this gate, uh, for, uh, passenger or standby passengers, uh, Rucker, Young, Corey, Faraday, uh, just apologizes. Uh, the flight is completely full. Um, all confirmed passengers have arrived. Uh, we're going to work to get you on the next one. Um, Vivian gets on board, um, starts preparing their normal routine. Uh, they've been working here a while. Um, they're happy to see, um, one of their preferred coworkers, uh, Ed is also working, uh, on this shift. Um, things are going okay. Um, 
you know, things have been a little rough uh, for decorum and politeness on airlines recently. Um, but there's only uh, maybe one trouble passenger in business class. Um, <laughs> it, it all seems to be just another day on the job. Um, and all hell breaks loose. Um, just kind of flash montage style. Um, trying to get everyone braced, uh, as plane starts to go down, uh, Vivian ends up being the last to reach their crash position. Um, but they've done all they can to get the passengers uh, protected uh, for all the good that it ends up doing. Uh, they are taking stock um, after the crash. Uh, people that they work with um, are dead. The pilot's dead. Uh, most of the passengers are gone um, and they're trying to claw back to old camping trips and old um, first aid courses uh, that they you know, took at the local community center, uh, just trying to remember how to keep people alive, um, trying to take charge because this is their job to keep people safe regardless of whether there's, you know, any vehicle to keep them on. Um, and then it's been a day, it's been a week, it's been two. They start to lose count. They have been trying and doing everything that they can. Uh, and no progress is really being made. And they eventually just start to get worn down and realize they can't keep going the way that they have been because they've been going at 100% or more because who can say whether rescue is just around the corner? How long will they have to keep this up? And eventually they decide they can't keep doing this and they slow down. Someone else is going to have to pick up this slack because they just can't fucking do this anymore. Good times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, we cut to another montage, but this time from a different perspective of Faye looking very tired, but um, sinking into the seat on the plane gratefully. Uh, clearly, this is a connect, the second part of the flight or the connection. Eh. Um, see them making conversation. Uh, with other passengers and seemingly getting on pretty well. We cut to a look of horror on their face 
as we're in the aftermath of the crash and the person they've been talking to is dead, um, grievously wounded and no escaping the knowledge of just how died and how scared they were when it happened. We cut again to them desperately working with Vivian and a couple of others to try and salvage some kind of communications system together and them swearing because they are not a fucking engineer they are not that kind of scientist they're a biologist um wishing that their friend was here who knows so much more about machines and we get cut again and it's just them sat watching the fire looking around at the other survivors wondering what they're thinking trying to figure out what the fuck to say to anybody what they might need to hear and having no idea and we see them just steadily getting increasingly depressed um they run out of the medication they had with them and just every day gets a little bit harder to to get up and do their part. And they're just really fucking tired. Uh, the next uh, montage we see starts with a rebel uh, sitting and flirting with somebody. We see Vivian pass by in the background, uh, Rebel failing to notice them entirely. Um, the announcement comes overhead that uh, the standby passengers will need to go to a different flight. Uh, we see Rebel like laughing and placing a hand on Irwin's arm and then uh, watching and waving as Irwin walks away towards where they get told, you know, uh, you'll need to be on another flight. Uh, we see Rebel matter-of-factly picking up a carry-on suitcase and uh, one of those side-sling uh, backpack bags and very matter-of-factly carrying both onto the plane. Uh, we see Rebel, you know, uh, sitting in a window seat, looking at the window, um, flagging down um, Ed for, well, not even flagging down Ed, but we see Ed come to offer Rebel, you know, do you want a drink? Do you want snacks? That sort of thing. And Rebel's, uh, we can see Rebel nodding and smiling and maybe flirting a tiny bit, but not like actively or aggressively, just, you know, a flirty person talking to uh, somebody who's on the job and being, you know, respectful about it. Um, I think we see uh, Rebel uh, putting on headphones, uh, fiddling around with uh, 
a laptop uh, falling asleep. Um, we see, you know, the chaos of the crash and uh, Rebel, like, doing their best to help the people around Sim. Um, and uh, we see uh, probably like Ed or another uh, uh, airline attendant uh, yelling at Rubble to put uh, their own gear on. And um, they do. And um, then we see uh, Rebel later on the beach uh, sorting through the uh, plane, basically going through and pulling out anything and everything that's useful, rummaging through uh, the various supplies uh, and basically uh, all the luggage that was left that didn't belong to any of the survivors. Um, we see uh, Rebel, you know, um, uh, like, basically, like, talking to various people, offering them, like, pills from bottles, or, uh, like, uh, looking apologetic, like, no, I, I don't have what you need, um, probably, like, uh, giving some to Fee as well. Uh, and um, then we see um, Rebel trying and failing to do a bunch of different, like, outdoorsy things. Where when you see somebody uh, who's good at it doing it, it looks like it should be really easy. And uh, then you try it and you realize oh, shit, that is actually way more difficult than I expected it was going to be. Um, you maybe see uh, other people, like, yelling at Rebel or sneering at Rebel, and Rebel just, like, gradually uh, backing up, backing away, uh, closing down. Uh, retreating from the others, and uh, we see Rebel spending a lot of time uh, in the water, swimming around, um, maybe trying to search out uh, other paths that might let us get past things, but mostly just swimming, spending time. Uh, we see a lot of rebel like sleeping and generally avoiding others. Uh, and uh, as we get closer and closer to uh, this critical date, um, we see rebel, you know, just sort of uh, lying across like one of those couch type things from a plane or something and uh, staring uh, off into the middle distance, uh, not asleep, but also very much not paying attention to 
anything that's really going on. And we rewind again and start from a fourth perspective. Uh, we see uh, Talonor sitting with GSI in the airport. Um, Talonor is on the phone uh, talking to some business partner. Um, He's not, like, yelling into the phone, but he's not exactly being considerate about the fact that there are other people around him. Um, and we see uh, the call for boarding to start. Talonor uh, picks up both of their bags um, and shoulders them, still on the phone, talking on the phone the entire time up until uh, Vivian has to come by and be like, sir, you, you need to put your phone away. Like, you need to put it on silent. <laughs> um, uh, and he settles into business class with GSI, uh, makes sure that GSI has, like, a pillow and a blanket, um, and uh, just is weirdly like he's very animated the entire time they're taking off because he he can't do anything um, until like they reach cruising altitude and he's like finally and takes out his laptop and immediately starts tapping away at that, right? Um, we see the crash and uh, Talonor getting his own oxygen mask on and then helping GSI with his. Um, and uh, in the water, um, helping to like support GSI because GSI can't swim very well. Um, out of the plane uh, and onto the shore in the middle of this storm. Um, and then going back in after he gets GSI onto shore for other people who might be in the water. Uh, and the day after, we see him, uh, like, glaring at his hearing aids um, and like shaking them, uh, trying some percussive maintenance kind of deal, but they are super broken. Um, and then signing to GSI, uh, like I'm going to go see what I can recover and uh, getting started on the recovery efforts of everything. Um, and it's just, Every single day, we see him get up. He makes a notch in the stick he's using to keep track of days. Uh, he uh, stretches, and then he 
gets to fucking work like a man possessed. Um, we see him like yelling at rebel, like, why aren't you working? Um, we see him like, uh, not, it's not showing off, but it is definitely like, uh, uh, making sure at least that he matches Vivian's energy all the time. Uh, we see him yelling at Marius for not doing things. Uh, and, um, and just like every day more and more frustrated that they're still here. Uh, but every single day he gets up and he makes a mark on the stick and then he gets to work. Um, and some days that work is, you know, doing things around the camp. Some days that work is going into the jungle to uh, get resources, supplies, um, food. Some days that's going spearfishing or working to cannibalize more of the plane, or working on a raft to maybe help them get past the barrier reef. We see the aftermath of one of their escape attempts, uh, and he is uh, digging graves. Uh, alone because he was really nasty to anyone who tried to help um and then we see him get up the next day put another notch in the stick and get to work on another raft uh, and it just kind of iterates on this over and over and over and in the background of like all of these scenes we see um uh, we see GSI like, for one, GSI is not working nearly as hard as Talonor is, uh, because he's a reasonable person who recognizes, like Vivian does, that doing that just means you burn out faster. Um, but uh, Talonor never yells at GSI, um, and. I think GSI makes positive relationships with the others much, much more easily. Um, he seems to be uh, genuinely like a laid back, easygoing kind of person um, who always sees the best in people. Um, and he does a little bit of that thing of like, oh, well, you know, Talonor's just tired or he's uh, he's cranky because he can't communicate with everybody um, kind of thing. But uh, I think that <laughs> at a certain point, GSI is just like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I he is he is being a dick. You're right. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, and 
with the others, we kind of saw this deteriorating of self. Um, and we see that with Talonor, but we don't see that in his particular... He's still doing the same thing every day. He's still getting up and going to do it. It's just like his shoulders get lower and he uh, does a different iteration on a raft that is only slightly different from the one before and um, very much a defeatist ki kind of uh, attitude is sinking into him but he still doesn't stop working. Oh boy. Once again, we rewind. Uh, we've got Marius uh, facing Kari and saying... Don't worry, I'll call you every night. I'll be back shortly. And then we cut to the airport where Marius is like looking a bit uncomfortable. I don't think they've ever enjoyed flying. Uh, this is no exception, but you know, it's a necessary trip. Um, and, uh, they get on the plane kind of I don't know I, I think maybe they roll their eyes at Talonor a little bit <laughs> uh, secretly very glad that they decided not to book business class um, <laughs> and uh, they get settled in put on some headphones and uh just uh, listen to potentially a rival podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't think we need to necessarily focus on how things go as the plane goes down, but they emerge from the wreckage mostly whole, a little scuffed, a little worse for wear. Uh, and uh, panicking a little. I don't think they're very useful in trying to rescue anyone else. Uh, I think mostly we see them on the sand with their head between their legs trying not to hyperventilate. Um, but as things progress, we see them... I think that it takes a day or two for them to, to come out of the shock and start doing things. But like we, we heard from their character introduction, they're not the most useful person. Uh, they try to take some cues from Vivian. And as far as, things to do and how to do them. Uh, try to take some cues uh, begrudgingly 
from Talonor, but uh, it does not it does not work out well. They're they may not be the weakest link, but they're definitely a weak link, mm-hmm. and it shows. Um, they get progressively more and more sunburnt as time goes on. Uh, it's not pleasant. Uh, they complain about it. Uh, I don't know that they necessarily make it everyone's problem, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Marius is sunburnt. We understand (laughs) this. Um, and, uh, they, I think the, the weight of it all is definitely pressing down on them visibly, uh, as they keep an eye on Talonor's time passing stick. Um, but they keep going. They may not like it, but they keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings us to our first scenes. I can't believe um, the universe in which Marius is better adjusted than Talonor. <laughs> it's Kari. It's Kari, man. Listen, statistically, it had to happen. <laughs> I don't know that Kari is an excuse. Talador's got GSI for once. <laughs> That's the problem. Finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our first, uh, our first scene. Um, I do want to to um, note that the game does have a flashback mechanic. Everybody can, can get one flashback, uh, not counting like our opening scenes that are setting up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to have a flashback, uh, you get one. So just, you don't have to use it, but it's there. It's available for, for maximum uh, maximum emotional damage if you want to use it that way. So, emotional damage. Emotional damage. <laughs> do we just wake up? Whoever decides to go first, do we just wake up with this, or is there like a storm going? And then, given the uh, proliferation of electrical storms over and around this island. Hmm. I like the idea that we wake up like this. I mean, combine. That's true. Yeah. Like, early hours of the morning, like, the sun would be coming up, but there's this cloud cover. Mm-hmm. Um, no respite from rain. We don't get that. We just get lightning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and I think Talonor is probably one of the first people to get up just based on his whole deal. Uh, <laughs> um, and 
God. Am I setting the first scene then? Sounds like you are. I guess I am. Fuck. Um. <laughs> so I think he, like, groans and puts his hand to his head um, and kind of rolls over onto his back um, and stares blearily through the gloom at the the roof of their little hut. Um, uh, and we hear Giazai stir beside him. Um, uh, we hear Giazai stir beside him um, and when he hears him uh, Talonor freezes uh, and then bolts upright uh, and turns to look at uh, turns to look at uh, GSI with wide eyes um so I I can think of a complication here. Uh-huh. Um and feel free to uh veto uh if you're if you're not feeling it, but uh I feel like the the most obvious complication is can Talonor keep it together seeing GSI? Yeah, I think I think that's a good one. Um, so I personally don't think he will do very well. So I'm going to <laughs> just nudge my karma track up a little bit to give myself a negative die. Um, and then roll... Uh, I don't think Tatsu does uh, fancy stuff, so you'll have to roll your 2d6 and then your 1d6 and do the math. Yeah, we'll say the first two dice are what they are, and then the last, the third dice die is its thing. Mm -hmm. A two, a five, and a four. So I rolled a three. <laughs> Which is uh, not a pass. Um, it's a little less than seven. It's a Just little, barely. It's a little less than, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Just a smidge. So I think he yells and falls backward out of the hut. Like stumbles back. Um, well, I guess he's still kind of sitting. So it's more like a weird shuffle on his like with his butt and hands kind of thing um scrambling away uh into this um storm that's still going on uh and uh G we can hear GSI like shouting <laughs> like <laughs> what's wrong are you okay is there a snake um <laughs> Uh, but I think, 
I think Talonor just runs and doesn't stop. And I think that's the scene. <laughs> Good googly moogly. most likely to wake up based on what's just happened. I mean, he normally manages to sleep through the storms anyway. <laughs> that said, I don't I don't know enough about whether I assume an electrical storm doesn't have to be noisy. I don't know. I know nothing. Science uh, side of Twitch audience. <laughs> <laughs> Arts is in the chat. Um, but yeah, no. Regardless, that's that's not the issue. Like, if you would normally sleep through the storm, then I I don't see why a bit more yelling on top of it would affect <laughs> you. But if you'd be awake anyway. Uh huh. Uh mm huh. -hmm. We're all used to Talonor yelling at this point. Like, does it even register anymore? Um, I'd like to say that that Marius may be jumpy enough to sure. uh, to be awoken by this. Um, and. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I, th I think Marius, like, notices Talonor running, but doesn't necessarily go after them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think instead Marius chooses to wake up, wake up the others um so um this is a scene with with everybody else i think and marius is just like are you here god How do folks how do folks respond to that question? Because like Marius gives no further context on that question whatsoever. That's just uh, they go around waking everybody up and is they're just like, Are you here? Hmm. Um I think Vivian is waking up memories flooding in refusing to acknowledge this as anything more than a dream because well magic isn't real 
None of that could have happened. Um, and when Margus asks, are you here? Just puzzled. Where else would I be? What happened, Marius? Um, and I think Marius... Go ahead. I, no, just I think Vivian would call you Dr. Favors, if that is like, yeah. Marius's preference. Yeah, that's that's definitely Marius's preference. Uh, they didn't get their PhD for nothing. Um... <laughs> Um, but, uh, Marius looks at, at Vivian and says, you, you don't know what I mean? I think at this point, it becomes more of Vivian is trying not to acknowledge it. I don't think Marius is necessarily aware enough to pick up on that. Mm -hmm. So you just see like this stricken look on Marius's face uh, and they turn to uh, to uh, Fee and Rebel and say, surely you know what I mean. I think uh, Rebel uh woke up uh pretty quickly like rebel sleeps heavily but when they wake up they wake up <laughs> and uh and uh i think uh, definitely they sort of like drag them drag themselves to join like the others and watch this conversation happening between Marius and Vivian and just sort of like scrubs at Zero's and says I know what you mean. For Fee's part they don't really say anything but as there's this flash of lightning overhead and the camp is like flooded with light for a moment um you all can see like tears sort of running down their face and you can just tell from the look on their face that uh they understand exactly what Marius is talking about. This is possibly the most alert-looking and engaged you've seen 
Fee look in a good while here on the island, too. Uh, I think Rebel does, like, open their arms to Fee. Like, this is a thing Rebel does, is, like, try to offer people, like, emotional comfort and hugs. It's definitely a thing that was more present towards the beginning, but Rebel does definitely, like, offer Fee a hug. I think Fee being in this state is what causes Vivian to snap out of it. Like, no, this is this is happening. This isn't just something that we can that I could shake off. We should have a complication. Oh, yeah, we should. She is. I was going to say, look, technically, Danielle's the only one not in the scene right now, so Danielle has to come up with the complication. Yeah, I think the obvious one is GSI comes out of his tent. Um, But that's not as much of a complication for you all, right? Mm. Um, I mean... This would... This would specifically be a complication for Marius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. Yeah. It has something that can have a good or a bad yeah, yeah, yeah. consequence. Uh, I have a thought. What? Uh, what if, uh, if August rules well, uh, Marius uh, is able to take a measured response to GSI uh, coming out. Uh, if August rolls badly, um, Marius has like a drastic or really bad reaction to GSI that possibly alienates GSI further from uh, the situation or the group or something like that. Literally every complication is just GSI exists. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally down with that. Um, yeah, so... Um, this is, the, the, of course, the person who works on the ghost hunting show is going to be the first one with the complication of the husband of, oh, the dead guy's here. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Just mwah. I want to I want to I don't I I don't have any inclination either way which way I want it to go so I'm going to just roll a flat 2d6 for this and not use my karma. Mm-hmm. And the response is an 8. Nice. Uh, done. So Marius like looks at GSI and looks around and says I see. Well, <laughs> um, very good. Just <laughs> I see. Did, uh, did did you all see where Talonor went? He's not with you. No, um, he was startled by something. Uh, and when I, by the time I got out of 
bed. He wasn't in sight. Oh! 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 Uh, this is in character. Rubble's just like, oh, yes, I figured it out. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, th- Marius, Marius is able to put two, two and two together and goes, ah. Well, I suppose we'd better find him. Oh, this is, this is gonna go great. <laughs> I think that's a good line to end the scene on. Ah, yes, good. Okay, I would like to take the next scene because I know what I want my scene to be. <laughs> good. Oh, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Love this. Uh-huh. Decisive action, yes. (laughs) I want my scene to be explaining the situation to GSI. Oh, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If anybody wants to be in the scene with me, uh, A+, plus. otherwise... Uh, it's just gonna be rubble, like, uh, GSI, before we go after Talonor. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Oh, fuck. This is a fuck of a story. And you're gonna think we're nuts. You're gonna think we have actually lost it. Scrubs their eyes. I think we've lost it. Uh. I think Vivian is here. Um, a little resentful that Rebel uh, was insistent on having this conversation. <laughs> given their determination on this subject last time. <laughs> it's like no no wait no wait this isn't your job <laughs> <laughs> and uh I think what rebel starts off with uh, is uh, like okay I'm going to tell you this, uh, and uh, it's going to sound absolutely insane, because it is, but uh, I need you to, like, really remember the fact that, uh, like, uh, I have not fucked with you like this, I do not fuck with people like this and um it would be really stupid to fuck with you like this uh, the thing is uh, 
oh fucking hell and i don't think rebel like goes into no 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 wait i'm gonna i'm gonna like actually have the words i think what rebel says is so there's some kind of magic bullshit happening and got to do with multiple dimensions and uh, the four of us and also Talonor and uh, long story short uh, as far as Talonor is aware you've died like four times and um, they're freaking out a little bit about it. Vivian is fully just head in hands. Just like, <laughs> God, this is the worst way you could have explained this. 500%. I think, I think GSI just looks increasingly more worried. Um, and he, like, after, after you have said this, he, like, reaches out hesitantly to, like, touch your shoulder, um, and, like, tries to steer you over to a seat. Um, just, like, uh, have you been drinking enough water, Rebel? I, I know we've had a bit of a shortage, but, like, that doesn't mean that you can ration yourself like this. I uh. did not do that, GSI. I understand why you think that. Uh, but I am not hallucinating. I have not had anything weird to eat. I have had enough water. Um, I have had probably more than enough sleep. Uh, but, uh, I'm not fucking with you. There's nothing. Okay, there's many things wrong with me, but uh, this is not because of that. Uh, and I think he, like, looks to Vivian for help. Um, like, I think... Do you think maybe they could be poisoned? Vivian looks incredibly uncomfortable. Just... The problem is... If they're hallucinating, we all are. But you... aren't. And you ate the same None thing of this. we did. None of this sounds like it should. N none of this is causing something to itch at the back of your mind. I think they, their, their worry turns a little bit to irritation. 
Um, and he says, look, I, I know you guys don't like towel, like, understandably, understandably so. He hasn't been his best self while we've been here. I, I get it. Oh, I know. But if you just, if you just, if you don't want to help me find him, you just have to say that, okay? I don't. This is a very help. mean trick to play. It's not a trick, Giazai. And trust me, trust me when I say we are all intimately aware that Talanor has not been his best self. <laughs> trust me uh, when I say that. And we will help. Well, I will help you find Talanor. And probably Vivian will too. And maybe not Fee and Marius. Possibly maybe they will. I don't know. But this is not about disliking Talonor. And even if it was about disliking Talonor, we would still try and help him and then be pissy at him. I am trying to prepare you for uh, when he sees you again and either flips out again or, I don't know, fucking starts crying. Uh, have, have Has he... Have we ever seen him cry? <laughs> Rebel is like looking around at the others. Rebel has Wait, seen. No, I didn't want... Bitch, you have. Rebel, Rebel has <laughs> seen Talonor cry. None of you have seen this version of Talonor cry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to mm. stress that Fee is not present for this. I'm going to use the term conversation loosely. <laughs> well, <laughs> um. And it's probably just given that it's still pretty hard, it's trying to get stuff together to go find Talonor. Um, the, when Rebel was like, I'm going to explain to GSI what's going on, Fee just walked off. They also haven't <laughs> spoken yet. Yeah. I think Marius is with Fee. Or at least, you know, doing, you know, not necessarily with Fee, but, like, following Fee's lead on, you know, gathering stuff up. Still Sorry, trying to think of a complication, though. Solo. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, it... I don't want to make it another Geozai-related <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of is. I mean, the storm is still going on. Yeah. Ooh. 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 I've got one. I've got one. Um... Although, I don't know, uh, it's not directly related to Rebel. The, the, the thing I'm thinking is a lightning strike uh, fells a tree to make like the direction that Talonor ran impassable. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that is a good one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to roll uh, with uh, that, because uh, uh, on the one hand, yes, it doesn't necessarily apply to Rebel directly, uh, but on the other hand, I have lost the dice channel. Here we go. Uh, was it something like Rebel is just like, look, um, let, let's just go find Talonor and like starts marching off? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if it goes, if it's a positive outcome, you're able to end this conversation with Jiazai early enough or convince him to come with you in that direction. And if not, you're still trying. It's like you, you're good consequence. You like, okay, you don't ready to believe me. I'm going to go get Talonor. And bad consequence is you are trying because you genuinely believe that Jesus I need to know you're trying to make him understand and it takes too long and the tree falls and blocks the path. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. okay. it's then it's sort of really because then it's sort of like reflecting Rebel's choice in this moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Oh, wait. I almost did that entirely wrong. Fuck. Okay. So what are you doing? Are you giving yourself an extra dice? Are you going to be taking one away? What you doing? Uh, no, nah, I'm going to I'm gonna let it go straight because both of these are really good options. Got an eight. Nice. I don't, think, uh, I don't think you've convinced GSI, but I think he stops questioning you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Rubble's just like, yeah, all right, this will have to do. And um, so are all five of us, like, able to get up the path before the tree comes down? Or enough are to direct the others a different way, like. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, uh, I don't have any more, so I guess that's seen. <laughs> All right, Jade, you or me? If you've got an idea for one, take it. If not, I can take back it. I mean, there's a logical progression of us. Trying to find Talonor. That's the simple option. Do you feel inspired to frame a scene? It's a simple question. <laughs> yes, we all and know what the general next plot love. beat is. I am torn on what scene to make of this. Okay. Um, Feel free to talk it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm wondering if it's just the moment where we find Talonor again 
Um, and, and if so, um, has Vivian plowed ahead enough, like the, <laughs> just fucking leaving rebel behind <laughs> Gia's eyes, probably more in shape enough that he can keep up. Uh, but no, I think, I think Vivian's just like, look, I know, I know that he can't have gone that far because this island is not that big, but <laughs> I need to be fast because he is fast. <laughs> um, I can be down with that. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm going to make Danielle also force the co uh, also face the consequences of their choices uh, and play two characters in the scene. Cool. <laughs> uh, at, at your discretion, just yeah. that that seems logical. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Vivian is probably able to push a little bit ahead. I think Giazai's kind kind of sort of in shape, but also. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's more of like a bookish type. Um, mm. So I think Vivian does get a little bit ahead. Um, and they find Talonor like huddled up under some rocks. Like it's, it's not a cave, but like it's a little uh, outcropping um, into like a, a rocky cliff face kind of deal um and he's huddled there with his head in his hands and crying uh Vivian's not entirely sure how to get you know his attention <laughs> um but I think they just stand some some respectful distance away. And if he does notice that they're there, uh, they will give him the same um, signal, the, the same hand signal that they used last time mm. uh, that was established from the Going Rogue universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm being just between the two of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it takes them a while to recognize that you're there. Um, and that's fine. Uh, but they look up. Uh, they start a little bit because you snuck up on them. They didn't they can't hear you coming. Um, and uh, he sees you uh, do this hand sign. Uh, and he scrubs at his eyes uh, and does it back. And they'll get closer. 
sit down just just next to him. Um, and Miss Vivian knows a little bit of ASL from their job. It made sense to try to learn enough. Also, Fee can have taught you some more in the past mm-hmm. few weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, they can kind of converse. Mm-hmm. It's stumbling. And they they do kind of rely a little bit on you to be able to read their lips to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but... that they're looking a little bit lost and sheepish. Um, And I think what they lead with is just, well, I suppose I did ask for this. (laughs) Uh, I think, uh, I think Talonor signed something that you don't you don't know the sign, but you're mm-hmm. pretty sure it's a curse of some kind. Uh, and uh, he kind of like elbows on knees, head in hands, uh, rubbing at his forehead. Um, uh, and he looks up. And he signs uh, I don't know if I can face him. I think Vivian isn't sure what to say to that. I think they didn't really expect this to come up (laughs) yet. (laughs) As, As much as they sincerely meant what they said. And I think eventually uh, this, I think, is something they don't really know how to convey in sign, but they'll say, I know that you're strong enough and I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you is definitely something they are able to sign, though. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. That, that is just doubly emphasized. Uh, 
I think this is the point when GSI comes crashing through the underbrush. Uh, and uh, Talador, like, does a really sharp inhale. Um, because he didn't get a good look at GSI before. Mm. Uh, but now in this kind of, like, gloomy, pre-dawn, stormy light... Uh, Um, and he stands really shakily, um, and then just pulls GSI into a crushing hug. We need a complication. This feels like a good place for a complication. Mm -hmm. Agreed. What if there's a lightning strike? Mm -hmm. And uh... <gasps> uh oh, it's a good thing this isn't a consequence for Talonor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, I think. On the positive side, um, it lands close enough to startle everybody into going, we should get away from here. And uh, since this is for Vivian, I have no idea for a negative. You are struck by lightning and killed instantly. No. <laughs> That's how karma works, right? <laughs> oh. Oh, damn. That's still not a consequence. No, maybe it's a consequence for Vivian. Talk it out. What you got? Uh, so I'm thinking something like on a negative... Uh, the lightning strike hits and like does something to Giazai, either connects them to previous lives or possibly in some way replaces them with the house version of Ed, something like that. I, hmm. I'm not really fond of either of those. I don't think I want this to be magical bullshit. <laughs> That is as fun as it is. I think this is a game not for that. Yeah. Snake is also an excellent idea. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like Snake is Correction. a fabulous idea. 
There is a rustling in the bushes, and on instinct, Vivian is going to go to stop whatever it is, you know, because, mm -hmm. like, these snakes do not fuck around, mm -hmm. though they're poisonous, not venomous, but regardless. Um, positive consequence, it was a snake, it was going to do something bad, or pose a threat to the group. Negative, not the snake. Was the lizard? Ooh. Oh, oh. Mm. And I'm not going to say you kill the lizard because that feels excessive and final in a way I don't like. But it's definitely going to be. There'll be this moment of you know you immediately recognize it and it just fucking runs away. Mm -hmm. mm. The plot hook. <laughs> you eat whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if it's a it's positive, dangerous, yeah. yeet. <laughs> if it's a positive, then it was a snake. And if it's a negative, you yeet the lizard. <laughs> yep. Uh, Good shit. Yeah, God yeet the lizards. I was gonna say yeet the lizard. That sounds like such a euphemism, but I don't know what for. <laughs> I think I think you I think yeet the lizard is a warp tour band. <laughs> oh or it's a fencing move. Uh I do like having positive dice at the end of things, but I can't say that I'm especially interested in this result, so I'm just gonna roll flat. Mm -hmm. I should have done the negative dice because I got a six anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, it is about half a second after I have done the motions to... Uh, like, Vivian probably does have a hatchet with them, is the thing. Uh -huh. um, sure, think... Firex is probably on a plane. Yeah, I think luckily they're a bit too slow and instead on instinct grab this thing around the neck and throw and then they realize that's not a snake. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> what if it's like you do that and then you catch sight of your hand and rather than it being the possible toxin that we've seen on these eggs... It's left like a bioluminescence on your hand that you immediately recognize. Mm. Mm. Yeah. As opposed, just because less of a, wait, was that a lizard? <laughs> More of a, in the moment, like you acted instinctively and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then you realize like, oh shit. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Oh. God damn it, why did I think of this five seconds too late? I really should have done the negative. Well, oh, wow. you, you would have got the same result. So yeah. you just haven't earned an extra positive for later. Yep, that's fine. I just thought of something to keep in the back pocket. It's fine. Make it's a note surprise of it. tool that will hurt us later. <laughs> <sighs> it's a surprise tool that won't help us later. That's already the title of the latest FTL FTL episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I 
I don't think that I necessarily have anything else for this scene. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just like a looking around and all of us, as the rest of us sort of arrive, if we all did. Did we all go into the woods? I think so. Rebel did. Cool. Just to just double checking everyone's there. It's like we get there and then it's like Vivian being like, ah, oh, and we all see the bioluminescent stuff and we're like, oh shit. No, I think they hide it. <gasps> they hide it. Yeah. Ooh. Very interesting. Spicy. Dickens. Is it like you like smearing it on like a leaf or something, like out of sight, just like mm-hmm. or like shoving your hand in your pocket or something as simple as that? Yeah, I think I think it's a combination. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. So do we want um, to take a break here? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll think about... No, I'm happy to take the break and I'll try and think of what I want to fucking do for my scene. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, you said nice. round, not scene. I can't yeah. Uh, That's okay. Let's take the break <laughs> now. Still-